0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans. This is behind the steel curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again. It's Thursday morning. We are chugging along. Man, we're getting close, so close to training camp. I can't wait. I'm excited. I know, I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, two weeks from today. I might be off by day. It might be two weeks and a, and a, and a day. I'm not sure that my brother's going to be at training camp. I'm really excited for him to be there and just to just to communicate with him while he's there and watching the Steelers. But man, we're we're halfway through July. I'm back from vacation. There you go. Jeff Hartman, he can now um, t- take a, a, a shot of energy drink or whatever he does for whatever he wants to do every time I mention Uh, about being on vacation, but Jeff Hartman will be on vacation coming up here before too long, but he's still going to come at you with his let's ride. Speaking of let's ride, make sure you don't miss any of the Steelers, Steelers, of the Behind the Steel Curtain Steelers podcasts. And, and they're all Steelers podcasts. I know some people don't like the, oh, we run the North. You talk about other AFC North teams. Yeah, we talk about them because it's important to the Steelers. And they have people from those teams in that one. But it's still about the Steelers and how we run the North. So um, make sure you check it out Let's Ride Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You also got the morning show of uh, Curtain Call with Jeffrey Benedict. Here we are Thursday morning. I hope you checked out, um, no, Curtain Call. His is Curtain Call was last night with Jeffrey Benedict. That's what I was going to say. Make sure you check that out. Um, where, where you had a special guest of one, one of my favorite guys to listen to at BTSC, KT Smith was on that show. So make sure if you're listening to this now on Thursday morning, that was Wednesday night. Make sure you go back and, and listen to that. But uh, no, Jeffrey's um, Tuesday show was the cutting room floor. That's the other morning show. And if you're listening to this, that's great, but make sure you don't just flake out for the rest of the day because one of my favorite podcasts comes on right after this in what Yin's talking about every Thursday at noon. So make sure you're checking out all, all the stuff that we have here behind the steel curtain, as well as the website at behind the steel So I have some good stuff coming at you today. Lots of geeky numbers. I got some questions recently after I had already started what I was doing to prepare for this show this week. So I know that there's some questions out there that I need to answer. Um, One of them is going to be talked about a little bit during this, but not specifically. I'll dive more into that um, probably next week. So, But there might be a little bit of an overlap there. There was some stuff that was going on that I, I wanted to cover. I started to write an article for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, went to write it this week, and as I got going, I'm like, you know what? This is stat geek. And I mean, this was over the weekend. I was doing this, like, this should be stat geek. And this is actually what I'm going to talk about in the second half of the show. And it is a lot of people want to talk about the Steelers practice squad. Oh, well, this player to the practice squad. That player can make the practice squad. Stash him on the practice squad. See what you get out of the practice squad. Bottom line is, I went back and looked at the last two years where the Steelers have had a 16-man practice squad, which is what they will have also for this season, and did a breakdown by position to say, hey, how likely is it for the Steelers to keep this position on the practice squad? How many at that position have they kept over the last couple years? So we're going to look at that in the second half. But in the first half here, this even got changed up even more. We are saying goodbye to a Pittsburgh Steelers institution. Now, we're not actually saying goodbye to, to the structure. It's just the name of the structure. And I'm sure there's plenty of Steelers fans still up in arms, upset. If you didn't listen to Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride on Wednesday about being upset about the the, the changing of the name of the stadium, you might want to go back and check that one out a little bit. That was – Jeff kind of went a little bit of a rant. It, it, was, it was fun. But – What I wanted to do is, since the Heinz Field era is over, sorry, the Heinz Field era is over, 21 seasons of Heinz Field, it's still the same structure, it's still the same building, it's still the same Pittsburgh Steelers, but it's under a different name. And because it's under a different name, and let's and yes, most people will probably still call it Heinz Field, and that is okay. I hope you understand that I'm not going to be able to do that all the time because I'm trying to give you all uh, the the correct information. But what we're going to do is we're going to have a Heinz Field stats send off. That's what we're going to do for the first half of the show. I'm really excited about it. I looked up some some statistics from Heinz Field. I didn't just go regular season. I went. Every game at the stadium, not preseason, every Steelers game at Heinz Field, regular season or postseason, one that actually where the result counted. I went through and looked through various stats. There might be ones that I didn't think to look up and I might have missed it. I'm sorry. If you want to know those, reach out to me. I'll see if I can find them. Also ask ask questions. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a follow-up next week um, if, if enough people reach out and ask me one that I missed. And that would be at STLRSuperFanDad on Twitter or STLR Superfandad at gmail.com if you like to use electronic mail. So I will say this: Heinz Field, 21 seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Every NFL team. Suffered a loss at Heinz Field. Every NFL team. Obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers in their home stadium did not go undefeated, but they played and defeated every NFL team in those 21 years. Just thought that that should be out there. Now, there was this isn't going to be all sunshine and rainbows. It's going to bring up some not-so-positive things. Okay. Well, first let's bring up some positives. The the wins, total wins at Heinz Field. The Pittsburgh Steelers had 130 wins. The team that had the next most wins at Heinz Field was the Baltimore Ravens with 9. Nine wins. No one else hit double-digit wins in 21 seasons of Heinz Field. And the Cincinnati Bengals were third with seven. And I'm pretty sure, I I didn't write it down, but New England was after that, I think was six. But uh, the Steelers defeated every team, but those were the teams that won the most games. There were only two teams, not, sorry, not two teams, one team, two times, That won two games at Heinz Field in the same season. That's a piece of trivia most people realize on the negative side of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's the Jacksonville Jaguars defeated Pittsburgh or defeated the Steelers in Pittsburgh twice in 2007 and twice in 2017. And yes, in 2017, I was at both of those games. Ugh. So. It's not. We're going to share some other things. All right, let's let's look at some specific games from a team aspect. Then we'll jump into some individual stuffs over stuff over their careers. Okay, the most turnovers in a game forced by or, or by an NFL team at Heinz Field. The Steelers turned the ball over six times in 2006 against the Denver Broncos. The most turnovers that the Steelers got against an opponent was that they it was that the Dallas Cowboys had five turnovers against the Steelers in 2008. When you look at most sacks in a game, the most sacks in a game at Heinz Field came in the last game at Heinz Field. That's correct. Nine sacks, 2021 versus the Cleveland Browns. It was the 2021 season. That was in January of 2022. That was a great game with the Ben Brothelsberger send-off and the nine sacks. The, the The team that sacked the Steelers the most in one game, sacked the Steelers the most in one game, was the Baltimore Ravens had six sacks against the Steelers in a game. What game was that? That was a playoff game. But in 2010... The Steelers won that game, even though they even though uh the 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 Ravens sacked them six times. So that's some interesting stats about that. Now let's look at the most points scored at Heinz Field. This is the last one we're going to look at um, from a team standpoint. The most points scored was a game I was present for, 2018 versus the Carolina Panthers. The Steelers scored 52 points in a game. In 2014, against the Indianapolis Colts, they scored 51 points in a game—the most points scored against the Steelers at Heinz Field. Was unfortunately that 20 the 2020 season that wild card loss to the Browns when they scored 48 points. Um, and then the next most was Jacksonville in 20, the 2017 season in the playoffs. The most points scored in a non-playoff game against the Steelers at Heinz Field uh, was in 2018. That was the Kansas City Chiefs with 42. Last one when it comes to points, because I wanted to do a couple things with points. Point differential, meaning... Biggest blowout wins. The biggest blowout win that the Pittsburgh Steelers had was in 2006 against the Kansas City Chiefs. They won 45-7. to That was a 38-point point differential um, in that game. The most... The Steelers were on the wrong side of a of a game where they were blown out the most. That was in two thousand and six uh, when they lost to baltimore thirty one to seven where they lost by twenty four points. So those are some team numbers to go into it. Now let's look at some individual numbers. Now, as you know, this is going most of these numbers, not all, but most of these numbers are going to be by Pittsburgh Steelers players because they played so many games there. For example, who had the most rushing touchdowns in Heinz Field history? That would be, remember, this includes playoffs. That would be one Jerome Bettis with 32. Next 10 behind him with 22 was Rashard Mendenhall. Number three might surprise you. 17 touchdowns at Heinz Field during his career for one James Conner. He was third in touchdowns scored at Heinz Field. Receiving touchdowns. Antonio Brown, 53, Heinz Ward, 43, followed by Heath Miller with 28. Those are the top three receiving touchdowns in Heinz Field history. Passing touchdowns. Ooh, I wonder who this is going to be. Ben Roethlisberger. The question is the number. 257 passing touchdowns at Heinz Field. And that doesn't count two-point conversions or anything like that. Uh, Second is 28 by Tommy Maddox. And third is 17 by Joe Flacco. (laughs) That's how the passing touchdowns break down. Field goals. Field goals. The most field goals at Heinz Field was Jeff Reed with 112, followed very closely, one more year of Heinz Field and would have broke it, by Chris Boswell with 104. Then Sean Sweezum with 67. Then after that was Justin Tucker uh, was the next most on that list. Kick returns, meaning kickoff returns. There's only one person who had more than one in the history of Heinz Field, and it was not a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was when Josh Cribs had two uh, for the Browns back in the day, two different ones. Punt returns at Heinz Field, that's for touchdowns. That That is led by Antoine Randlewell had five, where Antonio Brown had four. Nobody else had more than one. Um, when it comes to punt returns. Let's go to tackles. What player had the most tackles at Heinz Field during the 21 years where it was called Heinz Field? Well, officially called Heinz Field. We'll say that. That would be James Ferrier with 651, followed by Lawrence Timmons with 563, and then James Harrison with 460. When it comes to sacks at Heinz Field, James Harrison had the most with 56.0, followed by T.J. Watt with 50.0. And I'm pretty sure that Harrison played – let's just say this. I think he played at least 30 more games than T.J. Watt did. Just throwing that out there. Um, And third, with 43.5, Cam Hayward. Sacks specifically happening at Heinz Field. Interceptions. Here we go. Got to love this one. 20 interceptions at Heinz Field, four of which were returned for touchdowns, leading in both of those categories. That would be Troy Polamalu, Followed by Deshae Townsend with 12 interceptions, three of which were returned for touchdowns. They're the only two to have more than one. And then this was one that kind of caught me off guard. 11 interceptions by former Steelers safety Brett Alexander from 2001 to 2003. I, was, I, I thought that one was interesting. They were the only ones that were in double digits, those three players. And last but not least, to give the proper send-off to Heinz Field from a statistical standpoint, the players who played the most games at Heinz Field. That's right, the players who played the most games at Heinz Field. Now, I'm probably going to list a lot of these just because I could. Number one, I think everyone knows the answer to this. That would be one Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. He played in all 135 games at Heinz Field. He is the only one to be over the century mark. The only other player that played close to that. Now remember, this doesn't even necessarily mean that they were all with the Steelers. I'd have to go back and see. I don't know if there was. I think there might have been one in there that wasn't. That would be James Harrison, who played 98 games at Heinz Field. 98 games. Third. Casey Hampton, 95 games played at Heinz Field. Fourth, I would be shocked if anyone could tell me number four. But but fourth, only one game behind Casey Hampton, 94 games at Heinz Field. Long snapper Greg Warren, followed by fifth, one one behind him. Heinz Ward with 93 games. Then Ike Taylor with 92 games. Those were the 90 and above club of games played in Heinz Field. Just missing out with 89 was Brett Kiesel, who was seventh on the list, followed by William Gay, who was who had 88, who was eighth on the list. And then there was a tie with one, two, three, four people played 87 games at Heinz Field. That would be Larry Foote, Cam Hayward, Heath Miller, and Troy Palomalu. And one behind them would be with '86 would be Ramon Foster and Lawrence Timmons. Those are the players that Steelers fans saw play the most at Heinz Field. It's sad to know that the name isn't Heinz Field anymore. I'm hoping that it's at least still the Heinz Red Zone uh, as one of the things that they're going to do. Art Rooney II talked about in the press conference that they're still, you know, working with Heinz on on an, on some arrangements. Because remember, they they name a lot of different things around the stadium. I mean, the, you've got the FedEx. Great Hall. You've got the Ford fan zone. You've got all kinds of various different things there. If you've been to Acrisure <laughs> Stadium um, in the future, or if you've ever been to Heinz Field in the past, you've been able to see those things. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take our break. And when we come back, we're going to see what can we kind of expect to for the breakdown to be of the Steelers practice squad for 2022. So stick around. We'll be right back. Berg Steeler fans, let's go here. Let's keep a chugging with Steeler Stat Geek. It's great to be back. It's, man, this show, one more show, then it's training camp. Nice. Um, I still can't get over that fact. Here we go. Let's look at the Steelers 2021 practice squad. I've got it broken down into two different things. I've got it broken down into the positions of... That started off on the Steelers practice squad, the the sixteen positions where they what started the year. Then I also had it to where they the sixteen players who spent the most time on the practice squad, so and what positions they were. I don't I don't have their names. I just had the positions. So there's two different ways to look at it. How the practice started squatted that that a little bit squatted. <laughs> How the practice squad started. There I got it now and how it ended up shaping for the majority of the season. So let's look at 2021. Let's start with how it started. The Steelers actually started off with only 15 players in the practice squad when they first announced it, because they were still making some other moves. And just so you know, when they announced that other addition, there was actually three moves. There was three players, but two of them – Came in and swapped out at the same position of the players that they lost at that position. So that's why I wasn't going to, you know, I'm, I'm just only going to talk about the one addition because it, it changed position. Okay. They started off with one defensive lineman, two safeties, one corner, one line, or sorry, two linebackers. Now, I didn't split this into outside and inside uh, because some of these were, it was a little bit trickier. I'm pretty sure last year it was. It was um, it was two outside and no inside, but it could have been one and one. But th- I just did linebackers because that's how they were listed on the site. Um, offensive linemen, there were three. There were three wide receivers, one tight end, and two running backs to start the season. That's what the Steelers had for the season to start. When they added another one, they added another defensive lineman. So two defensive linemen, two safeties, one corner. You can look at three defensive backs. You could look at it that way. Two linebackers, three linemen. I didn't even break it down by position, but I'm pretty sure they were all tackles last year. Three wide receivers, a tight end, and two running backs. Now, that's not how it stayed for the majority of, of the offseason because Jalen Samuels was not on the practice squad for very long because he got signed somewhere else so this is what was deemed the of the players who spent the 16 players who spent the most time on the practice squad here was their positions two defensive linemen that's the same two safeties that's the same one corner same two outside linebackers no inside linebackers same four offensive linemen and two wide receivers that was a little bit of a shift that the Steelers ended up adding another offensive lineman and not keeping as many receivers for the year. That's what happens when Cody White got moved up, um, and they had various receivers in and out throughout the year. One tight end, one running back, and one kicker. Yeah they they still had a they still had a, had a kicker going on there. So that kicker, you know, that was a punter for a while. There's a kicker for a while, but no. I don't even know that that kicker spent most of the season with the Steelers. I can't remember. Um, But it was at least one special team player right there. So that's how the 2021 practice squad broke down. Now, let's go ahead and look at 2020 because this is the only other year where the Steelers had 16 players. And you're going to see, is there a trend? Are there certain positions where it seems like they're doing pretty much the same thing? And you're going to see that there's kind of a trend. With with one exception. Now, to start 2020, the Steelers initially signed 14 players to their practice squad and then added two more. I can even tell you who those two were. Um, well, and the one that they added before was Henry Mondo. He actually did make the roster for like not for a game, but for a couple of days, and then got moved to the practice squad uh last year. But here, let's go to 2020. Starting the season, the Steelers had two defensive linemen, two safeties, one cornerback. One linebacker, three offensive linemen, two wide receivers, one tight end, one running back, and one punter to start the season on the practice squad, because they had cordless women on the practice squad to start the year. Then when they added two more, they added another running back. That was Wendell Smallwood in 2020, and they added a quarterback. That's right. They added... Duck Hodges. Now, this was something that I kind of forgot about. That the Steelers—I was saying, oh, the Steelers don't keep a fourth quarterback on the practice squad. They did in 2020 for the year. Duck Hodges was on the was on the practice squad for the year. Now, let's look at that a little bit. That was 2020. That's when you had all the craziness going on with the pandemic. That's when you had the Steelers getting their bye week move from week seven to week four at the very last second. That's when you had the Steelers that were supposed to play on Thanksgiving night and didn't play until the next Wednesday afternoon. That's when you had the Denver Broncos having a wide receiver play quarterback because all the other ones were close contact and could not play in the game. That was a very common thing. There, that was a year when there, I can't remember which team and who it was. I'm, I'm sure someone will let me know this because I just, I didn't think of it till just now or else I would have looked it up. That was when there was a team. I'm pretty sure it was one of those career backups. It might have been like, like, um, I'm going to say it, like McCown or someone like that. I, I, I can't remember. That um, they put them on their practice squad and made him sit at home. Made, you know, uh, did Zoom meetings, stuff like that, didn't even have them at the facility because if there was a problem with a quarterback and, and, and close contacts in the quarterback room, they wanted to be able to call on someone who could come in and play. I, I don't know if that, I, I, that was the story. I can't remember how accurate that was, but that just goes to show you how 2020 was different. And 2020 was also the first year that they went to 16 players. It was supposed to be 12. They expanded to 16 because of the pandemic. And that's why people are like, what are we going to use for these other ones? We got to make sure we're covered. You know, when we look at what the Steelers had as their top 16, let's do that. And it's going to make sense. But here's how how crazy it was. You ready? They stayed with two defensive linemen. They had one safety, one corner. So that was where, when you looked at the majority of the season, they didn't. They had one less defensive back. They had no linebackers. They had no linebackers that technically spent the whole season um, on the practice squad. They had four offensive linemen, three wide receivers, a tight end, a running back, a kicker, a punter, and a quarterback. So that's pretty much what the Steelers did. They kept an extra offensive lineman, kicker, punter, quarterback. Those were their four extra extra spots in 2020. And it kind of made sense to do that, but it kind of also is going to depend on the situation. To me, I almost feel like there is a practice squad spot for someone that if you're concerned about now, last year, the Steelers did use a punter whenever Presley Harvin, uh, whenever his father passed away, they, they, uh, they, They put him on whatever list they added Corliss Waitman to the 53. They signed the punter who is now still on their team who had started the year as the punter for, uh, for the, the Falcons. That was who he started with. And I'll be honest with you. I could never seem like I can, I can pronounce his name. That's the problem. It's it's it starts with an N I'll tell you that, but I'm trying to figure out how to say it. It's um. I'm trying to read it better. Nizialik. I can't remember. Is that right? It's Cameron's first name. Nizialik. The That guy. Yeah. The Steelers signed him to the practice squad at the end of last year. They had him active for the game, the first game that Presley Harvin missed. And they pretty much had both punters. Come out and punt to, to start the game because I'm pretty sure everything went down on like on Friday or Saturday and they didn't have a practice. And so they went out had them both punt before the game and just went with whoever they were more comfortable with and had the other one inactive. Um, but then he was, he was eventually released off the practice squad before the end of the season, but the Steelers signed him to a futures deal and he is on the Steelers 90 man roster now. So now, based on those other numbers, you're like, okay, Dave, what's this all come down to? Based on those other numbers, this is what I would project for the Pittsburgh Steelers practice squad, assuming they are are going to keep typical numbers at each position on the 53. Now, this is what I mean by that. If the Steelers decide to keep an extra defensive lineman, they might not keep on the 53, they may not keep two on the practice squad. I had them with two defensive linemen. You know, if they decide to go crazy and keep eight, why would they also have two on the practice squad? That's something that they would then shift around. So I think if they keep the normal amount, which is either six or seven, then they would keep two defensive linemen on the practice squad. When it comes to safeties and corners, when it comes to defensive back, I say three between the two position groups. Now it's usually been two safeties in a corner, but that's because the Steelers were covered, were taking more corners than safeties on the roster. If they, if they had an imbalance of those two this year, I would not be surprised if the Steelers have an extra safety and one less corner on, on the 53 man roster. If that's the case, then I would expect them to go two corners and one safety, but it really all depends on what they have. But I would say, you know, Three defensive backs would be a pretty safe number there. Linebackers, I say they keep two. And now it could be one of each, or if they decide, hey, they're going to go with more inside linebackers, they might want more outside linebackers in the practice squad. So they're going to keep two. There's a chance they could keep three, depending on how it all shakes out. Offensive line, they're keeping at least three, if not four, three or four. Because if they only keep eight on the active roster, then they need to dress eight. If any of them are down, then they would have to elevate someone. If they keep nine offensive linemen and more than one of them is injured for the week, they'd still have to elevate someone. They need to have those offensive linemen to elevate for game day because of the rule of you can dress um, you can't dress the last person unless it's an eighth lineman. So, so that's one that they're going to keep plenty of around. Wide receivers, they're either going to keep two or three. And the reason I say it's two or three, it depends on if they keep five or six on the on the roster. They had been keeping five. I think this year they should keep six. And therefore they should that might mean that they have one less wide receiver in the practice squad, which then goes into running backs. If they keep an extra wide receiver over running backs, they I mean they've been keeping four running backs, not even counting a fullback on the active roster. I don't if they're going to run Najee Harris that much, why do they need so many in the active roster? But that might mean that instead of keeping one on the practice squad, they would keep two. And what the Steelers have done pretty much throughout both years is one tight end on the practice squad. So that's kind of how I think it's going to break down. Now, remember when it comes to the practice squad, there's some very interesting things here. Like I was talking about wide receivers. This is just going to be a little bit of an aside. Um, I know many times I, I constantly am disagreeing with Shannon White, who really wants the Steelers to trade Deontay Johnson because they could get so much more for him now. Me, I'm like, you've got him on a cheap contract. You don't know what, what he's like without Ben Roethlisberger. For all you know, he could be even better. Maybe not. It's worth a chance just keeping him around without giving him a big deal. And then you see what happens next year, whether you can sign him, franchise tag, whatever. That's me, because I. it answers the question of, does that sound like something the Steelers would do? And to me, it doesn't sound like it would be something the Steelers would do. Would be to, with a new quarterback, go into a year where you only have one wide receiver that played significant snaps for the year before. that And it's not like they went out and signed a big-name free agent that's got all this playing time otherwise. I mean, they have Anthony Miller... But he spent last year on the practice squad. So he's around, but it's not like they brought in somebody new that has a bunch of NFL experience. To me, if you're going to have young quarterbacks, you need some guys with NFL experience, especially when you have two newly drafted wide receivers. The other problem is, is are the Steelers going to have those wide receivers ready? This is something that they were talking about on what Yen's talking about last week. And that is, you know, they kind of like to ease them in some. Even even Juju Smith-Schuster didn't have a catch his first week uh, with the Steelers. Um, His first catch was in week two, and it was a touchdown. But because of that, you've got to think of how you can utilize the practice squad. It might be like you look at a player they're like, Oh, Calvin Austin, the third, what if he's not ready to be on the Steelers 53 man roster and contribute? Here's what's going to happen. It'd be really tough. Yes. This is something that the Yins guys were talking about that. Oh, you can pay him more if you want to actually now it's pretty much set what you're paying players on the practice squad based on, I mean, based on years of experience, because you can do so many veteran six veteran players, um, versus 10 non-veteran players. The veteran players, you have a range of what you can pay them. The non-veteran ones, they have a certain amount. This is from everything that I've been able to figure out from the CBA. So it's not quite the same in that way. But you've got to remember, before a player can get on the practice squad, they have to clear waivers. So do you really want to want to have someone like your fourth-round draft pick that would have to clear waivers? That's what happened last year with Quincy Roche. He wasn't poached off the Steelers practice squad. He was claimed off waivers because the Steelers cut him. So that's something that, that you might want to think about. But you're like, what if Calvin Austin III, you don't want to expose him to waivers or anything, but what if he's not ready and you need more wide receivers? That's the practice squad. That's where you can take players who might not make the roster otherwise. That's what the Steelers had there last year when they had Cody White, Anthony Miller, Stephen Sims, those Players that had played in the NFL on the practice squad that they could call up. And I know Cody White was only there just to start the season. And then he was put on the up on the roster when, when Juju Smith-Schuster got hurt. But players like that being on the practice squad would say, hey, we got Cal- Calvin Austin III on the 53. Don't know if we want to play him week one. If they don't, guess what they do? They elevate one of those other guys. That's what you do. You can use that strategically. So when you're saying, oh no, what if what if both Pickens and Austin are a little bit raw the first couple weeks and and having both of them take up key spots? Oh, and you've got Gunnar O taking up another one who's who knows if he's going to be able to be utilized in the offense or just be a returner. What are you going to do with all these receivers? Well, I think I I'm hoping George Pickens is going to be fine. I don't hope both of them are fine, but if they're not. That's when you elevate a player from the practice squad. That would be the perfect situation to do that early in the season until those other guys are ready to go. So remember, this is something I always want to remind people about the practice squad and why I wanted to break down these positions. And that's this. I know we're going over a little bit, but we're almost done here. But what's going on with the practice squad? There's so many times people are like, oh, just stash them on the practice squad. Oh, oh you know, a fourth quarterback, stash him on the practice squad. You know, if they keep all three of the quarterbacks that are competing right now and they want to keep Chris Oladokun, put him on the practice squad. Yeah, now that it's up to 16, you can do that with a spot or two. But you can't do that too much because you know what the Steelers need on their practice squad? They need guys for practice they need to have the right number of players at the right positions in order to do the things that they need to do each day at practice. So the Steelers can't say, oh man, we've got all these wide receivers. Oh, what are we going to do? Hey, let's put four of them on the practice squad and six on the rock. Then what are you going to do with the other positions? So it's not just about, you could be You know, the fourth best wide receiver for the Steelers for the practice squad might be better than the first option at tight end for the practice squad. But guess what the Steelers need? They need a tight end. They need another player for that room. They need another player in another room. If the Steelers keep a bunch of players at one position, chances are they might not have any of that position in the practice squad. It's not just a 53-man roster. It is a 69 Player team, and it's how you can shape that up, and that's really how the Steelers are looking at it, and then who they can have available. So, I hope you enjoyed the stat send off to Heinz Field. We salute you. Hopefully, um, you're not gone forever, and you won't be in the hearts and probably voices of Steelers fans going forward. And just a little bit of breakdown and how to look at the Steelers practice squad for 2022. If you've got any questions, send them to me. I appreciate that. STLR superfan dad for Twitter. Add the at gmail.com for email and make sure you're checking out all the podcasts and the website. And as I always say, thanks for geeking out. With me.